0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to This Medicine Life. I'm your host, Tyson Bell, a critical care and infectious disease physician at the University of Virginia. And if you're like me, you may love being in academic medicine, but it's hard, y'all. The goal of this show is to make that just a little easier through the power of connection. We're interviewing medicine faculty, both inside and outside of UVA. Our goal is to connect with each other, to share our stories, our tips for success, and together become the best versions of ourselves in life and career. If you work in academic medicine, then chances are you work at an institution that fulfills an educational mission. So you may work with medical students, residents or fellows, nursing students, all on a regular basis. And if you're an academic physician, then you've also been a trainee at some point. And so we all have an idea of what training is because we've done it. And at least a picture of what training was like when we did it back, whenever that was. Regardless of what residency training looks like, common theme is that it's hard and it becomes hard in different ways. And that means the challenges become different as well over time. There's a lot on the plate for a modern day residency program director from wellness, balancing, professional, personal development, mentorship, sponsorship diversity, equity, and inclusion, and all this is happening in a busy clinical environment. And I want to talk a little bit about that with our residency program director in internal medicine, Brian Nuflaut. So let's get right to it.
1: Brian, how are you doing today? Doing all right, Tyson. Getting excited for resident interview season. It's that time again. Yeah, exciting
0: and nerve wracking and probably all of the above. I can only imagine. I think if we went in the time machine and you told me it was virtual interview year three, probably have some questions. So Brian, if if you don't mind, first question, just tell us who you are and how you got here.
1: Sure. So I came here as a resident from 2003 to 2006 and um, trained in the categorical program. And after residency, I did about four years as a hospitalist here. That's how I got onto the faculty and a couple of years in getting Heavily involved in resident education, resident advisor, and core faculty member, and then got involved as an associate program director, I guess, about four years into my time on faculty. Gotcha. How's the experience been so far? Experience has been great. I, I love our institution, love the department, love Charlottesville, and I, I think uh, it's a, a place that you just come to grow to love and just great colleagues to, to work with.
0: Yeah. So your day-to-day, I'm just wondering, what is it like running a program as complex as internal medicine residency?
1: Yeah, no, I think the day in, day out, I think there's just the kind of constant flow of of trying to support all the different moving parts in in the residency program. So, and that has... Sort of the the day in, day out, and then the seasonal parts. You know, we're just coming up on uh, the application and recruitment season for your residents. That has a life uh, unto its own, just like the fellowship and job search season, the onboarding of new interns, the outboarding of residents as they Progress through. So, a lot of moving parts that, as um, program director, you're either doing directly or helping to keep a team on task for different parts of it. And for the day in, day out, it really is managing with uh, the huge support of our chief residents, who, as you know, are always phenomenal in in terms of both supporting and advocating for residents, but really being the glue that, that keeps a lot of stuff moving. Managing the schedules, uh, the the conferences for our residents, and then just all of the various chaos management that comes up in an academic medical center as big as ours. I think chaos
0: is like the operative word right there. some of it is good chaos, but a lot of it is not the chaos that we're used to or, or enjoy. One aspect of working with residents that I've found challenging is providing meaningful feedback. Do you have any suggestions for how faculty should provide feedback that residents can actually use to improve?
1: Yeah, um, no, it's one of the challenging parts of working together in in teams is finding a material to comment on and just finding the time to be able to go over it. So I, I think advice I'd give faculty to try to provide helpful feedback with residents is, you know, starts with I think understanding again some of their goals and and trying to make sure that you have alignment with things that they want to work on and I think when you've started out well and know what they want to work on, it's a lot easier to come back to that and and, and get feedback on what people have agreed is this space that that you're watching for growth I think you have to be intentional to make sure that you can see what somebody's doing. I think we've all gotten to a feedback moment and realized, oh you no, know, maybe I haven't. Seen as much as I would have wanted to see. And I think that's what sometimes leads to more generic feedback that is frustrating for all of us. Uh, You know, I think residents really want to know how they're doing, where they're at, how to get better. And it can be easy for a faculty member to not be sure whether that feedback is wanted. Uh, I think residents really do love that. But from the faculty perspective, making sure that the the space and you're intentional about seeing stuff that's going to be useful for people and making sure that your feedback fits somewhere into that smart mnemonic where you're given something that's measurable, something that's relevant, something someone can actionate and that you're doing it in a timely way. I think we don't anticipate making space to connect with somebody. It's just hard to catch up after rotations end and, and get feedback. Yeah, that is
0: very true. And at, I like the the part about trying to make it timely because when you're in the moment, sometimes it's appropriate to give feedback. Sometimes it might be, especially in ICU, it might be a little too intense, but you do have to circle back and make sure you are able to speak with that resident. One thing that does make it challenging is that it's sometimes hard to know who's rotating in or off. A resident may be gone by the time you might be ready to give feedback. So, okay, in that situation, just to reach out again and have a meeting and, and go over. Yeah,
1: you know. totally. Yeah, no, I've I definitely heard from residents or from faculty that even just starting some of that with an email and just trying to find some ways to connect later. I think people always appreciate the effort to help them to see what they're doing and how to grow. Think about all of the constant change that our residents have going from rotation to rotation. And in a couple of years, they're trying to figure out about their career path and development. So I think the first thing is just thinking about the people factors and recognizing first as you start on a rotation to get to know and build personal rapport with the residents that you're working with. Big program, but I I think making sure that you start out with knowing your residents on service as people and creating that respectful team environment, I think is one of the most important things I'd say.
0: Yeah. So how does that look on, let's say, first day or first couple of days of the rotation? Does that look like a sit down meeting or a team discussion?
1: What do you think? We have our different styles, how I like to do it, and I'd love to hear how you kick things off first day too, but making sure to know people's name, things about them individually, how they prefer to be called, and then whether that's the start of rounds or maybe end of rounds before everybody just takes off and gets busy with the checky boxes, the like to-dos, and for faculty, maybe go to see the rest of the list that you haven't already seen yet. Just making the time to say that our teamwork and our interactions are important and getting a sense of where people are in their time in the program. Like you said, I know where where everyone is in terms of you do you have one, two or three, are they an intro medicine resident, are they rotating from another department? I think just getting a sense of where people are coming from, what they wanna get out of um, time together. And I'll yeah. often spend some just direct time with the upper level resident, just getting a kind of sense of some ground rules and know their expectations and make sure that they know how I wanna support them. So just not letting that first day, going back to chaos, just spin out of control without connecting as people and connecting about how we're gonna to work together as a team.
0: That's a good point. And I really like how you brought up the difference that an intern, the talk they may need versus a senior resident, because there's a lot of change that happens between that first and that third year. There's different needs at that point. So it's a good idea to be attuned to that and to make sure that you're addressing each person and, and finding you know what their professional goals
1: are and helping them get there. Yeah. Any tips from you? How, how do you kick off that team dynamic?
0: What I usually do is just because people come from so many different places and they you know had so many different experiences. I like to ask classic icebreaker questions, but I've always thought the ones that are usually asked are just boring. So I try to ask things that will generate a discussion. So one good one is what's your favorite restaurant in Charlottesville or the best meal that you've had recently out? And then another one is, you know, one that's designed to start a little controversy amongst the team. And I ask among the different ice cream flavors, what's the one that you feel like is just overblown and just should not exist? (laughs) (laughs) And you will find there are some personal feelings about that pistachio ice cream and why does that exist? And there's a lot of back and forth, but the back and forth ends up being the the best part of that. And I just launched the question out there, just sit back and watch the debate happen. That way, It's it's great. (laughs) Uh, But those moments are what really sets the dynamic for the team going forward. And There's good research into this showing that good teams compared with teams that aren't as effective, the good teams meetings will start with completely off-topic banter. And so, you know, those moments before rounds start or before you gather people together, people are just kind of hanging out with each other and meeting with each other as people. That's actually valuable and translates to better patient care, in my opinion. So I try to embrace those moments and encourage them.
1: That's awesome. I may borrow the ice cream one. Oh yeah. People get feelings
0: about it. Nothing's ever gotten close to blows, but you know, it, it generates some debate. <laughs> yeah. Next question. So diversity and inclusion have become such a major topic of interest lately, and there's certainly a need to increase resident diversity as well as at the junior faculty level as well. So what are some of the ways in which UVA is working on increasing house staff diversity?
1: I think the one of the, as I think back on some of the early work that, that we were doing both as an institution and the GME community because our residency programs at UVA, the residents are all at the main hospital. We're not a program that's sending people out, out to, to different centers, GME-wide. And in our program, one of the first things that we really tried to focus on, I think, is examining our interview practices and our evaluation. And trying to really dig into years ago, what does holistic review of applications mean? And so, I, I think each year, as a faculty group that leads the interview process, we want to really be inviting great candidate and valuing all the different displays and demonstrations of excellence and potential, and, and not doing, I think, what was so much focus years ago of grades and scores, and I think valuing diversity of experience, of background, and of interest. So, I think moving really away from grades and scores and looking more. Broadly, at what are our goals in increasing the diversity of our house staff was you really had to step away from just some of these and think about how to de-bias your application process. I think the piece that I think our institution has worked on really, is especially over the last five years, is to support our local community and support underrepresented minority house staff. We really tried to create community across the institution. Our House Staff Council for Diversity and Inclusion started about five years ago and I think has really been an amazing part of our uh, House Staff culture in life. So uh, a lot of career development, a lot of mentorship, the impact of it on the community. I think our HCDI has been really a, a unique part of the House Staff experience. And our goals over the each year, I think, is to look at what we're doing and find ways to improve. I don't think that there's any, there's no aspect of our program. That I think we couldn't try to examine how can we be more inclusive and, and to find ways to continuously be growing experience for our residents. So we really want to continue to create more of a sense of programmatic community to build on top of the the strong institutional community and to, to mentor our residents. Just as you were saying, I think so much of that applies to junior faculty as well, to fellows. I think creating an inviting place where people are going to then be invested in and to support their career development. To me, that's what's great about graduate medical education is just trying to help each resident that comes into the program to reach their fullest potential and to invest in them. So, those are a little bit of, I think, what we've worked on and, and continue to want to do. Max Luna, our, our department vice chair for diversity, equity, and community engagement, created our department task force as he stepped into that role and invited residents and medical students into that space to, again, really bring our learners into the work that our department is trying to do.
0: Yeah, very important work. And from the department standpoint, having a diverse faculty, what's required of that is to have diverse house staff. That's a, it's a great pool for recruitment. To change gears a little bit, we I said at the beginning of this interview that graduate medical education has changed a lot. And just wondering what your thoughts are on any sort of major changes that you see in the horizon.
1: Yeah, I, I think that with the pandemic, that horizon look and mm-hmm. as you manage chaos, just it gets narrower and narrower and you're just trying to get from moment to moment. I, I think what we're all trying to look at is just that individual focus on training. Uh, I think as you you look at the big picture of program requirements from that acgme because that's so much a part of the just the trail. It's that just long me. document with the milestones. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the sixty, seventy-page trail map of just what you need to do, rules to follow. But like in, embedded in all the counting rules and do's and do nots, or really at the heart of it is. I think this increasingly competency-based and individual-focused training environments. Competency-based education has certainly been the, the rule for GME for a while, but I think that focus on the individual and then some of the new aspects that, that we continue to find over the last few years, bringing in how to incorporate new technologies and approaches such as point care ultrasound and figure out how to fit that in, how do you take telemedicine and just all the, the ways you can uniquely reach a patient and prepare people well for that. So there's always going to be, I think, some new development and peace to fit in there. But I think the heart of it really, I think, comes back to just that individual focus on our resident. With the pandemic and how it disrupts training, I think we've had a couple of years where, yeah, you know, your medical students. Coming through the system, I had a very different experience and figuring out where everybody's at when they land in a residency and how you pick up with each person, looking at them uniquely, invest, assess their competency and get them on that trajectory. There's a lot of work going on nationally to try to figure out how to standardize that transition from all the different med schools into residency. I, I think that's a big challenge before, before the national and institutional. Always some challenge up there for sure before we go, what are a couple of things that most people probably don't know about you? Oh, okay. What most people don't know about me. I think it's always good to know about the personal life and, and home life uh, for folks. I think my residents probably know uh, some of that, but my 12th, 10th and 7th graders, as you sit here now in 2022, I think um, you know, the important part of my family life there. We got chickens for the pandemic, so i um, batting down the hatches there in, in 2020. We went back animals. That's been a fun part uh, for our family to just have that aspect of, of our home life that evolves. That was just one of the fun parts of my personal life is just what you do outside of work. Now, oh, wait.
0: before you go on, that has yeah. contributed to my home life as well. I can attest the eggs are on point from the chickens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's one fun fact there. My family and I love to cook that extends throughout the family lineup and we take a lot of joy in baking, cooking at home. And there's something that's been a fun part of our family over the years. And I have a lot of fun traditions around meal tying and in the kitchen. So that's, that's a big part of our home life. And, um, yeah, our family has a uh, fun tradition taking surprise family vacation every year. So, um, Keep it under wraps for the kids and it, I was uh, about they, to say who's receiving a surprise. Yeah, the <laughs> the kids received the surprise. Day day before uh they have to solve the reveal uh challenge, um, which they love. So it's fun for the parents to put together as complicated of a, a reveal as possible, the kids to have to figure out another fun tradition that we've developed together.
0: Thanks for sharing that. I just wanted to thank you for the work that you're doing and uh you know what's incredible about being a program director is that there's so much growth that happens from the time you enter a residency to when you leave a residency program and in a lot of ways it's really an inflection point point. and I remember how instrumental my program director was for my development and to know that someone like you is having that effect as well and, and helping residents achieve heights that they may not even realize they're able to achieve well that's very impactful and very meaningful So, thank you for uh, what you do here
1: yeah thank you
0: I really enjoyed talking with Brian because he's one of these people who just endlessly positive and just really enjoys what he does. I also think he has one of the most difficult jobs here in the Department of Medicine, because face it, many of us work with trainees, but we don't particularly care what the renal fellows are doing or many other parts of the academic mission, but we have a vested interest in the residents, and he's charged to lead a program with several trainees who come in with the goal of ultimately becoming independent physicians and representing UVA well. It's a very difficult job with lots of moving parts, but I think he's doing a great job and I'm so glad that he's an example for our residents. And I plan on using some of his pointers when it comes to interacting with residents and trying to make sure they're achieving milestones that are laid out before them and achieving their goals and fulfilling their potential. Starting with when I go on service in the MICU tomorrow. Wish me luck. And that's our show. Thank you for listening to This Medicine Life. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, write a review, and tell a friend. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. This show was created, recorded, and edited by me. Music is by Dr. Malcolm Lex. Views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the view of the University of Virginia or any other entity. Please send me your ideas for topics you want to hear about or guests you want to have on the show. My Twitter handle is my first and last name, Tyson Bell. Please stay tuned for the next episode. Until then, I'll see you around.